Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Well, today we're very excited about being able to continue into the message series that we have simply entitled The Sign. And I want you to imagine with me for just a second, I want you to imagine with me a life where there are no signs and there are no signals. Imagine a life or imagine a, a culture or society where there's no signs or where there are no signals. It would absolutely be chaos, especially if you're trying to drive somewhere, right? Well, when we follow the signs, and even a sign can be a simple image or it can be a simple picture. But when we follow the signs properly, the signs will allow us to arrive at our intended, our intended destination. But also, uh, philosophically, theologically, and even practically, when we follow particular signs, they allow us to arrive at the intended conclusions. And those intended conclusions can absolutely change our lives. Well, when it comes to accepting Jesus or having faith in Jesus, there were certain signs that he gave throughout his earthly ministry. And we call these, these, these messianic signs, these messianic miracles that point to him as being who he really said that he is. There would be one last sign that Christ would give. And it was called the sign of Jonah. Last week we looked more in depth at the teaching that Jesus gave to those scribes and Pharisees who asked for a sign. And Jesus basically said, he said, an evil and adulterous generation craves a sign, but there will be no sign given to it except the sign of Jonah, this last sign. And this sign would be given, and they would not arrive at a conclusion where they would accept Christ. But since they had already made up their minds about Jesus, they would only continue to accuse Christ, not accept him. And he said of the sign of Jonah, just as Jonah, the prophet, was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so would the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. And then at the end of that, he would say, and there is, there is something, there is someone greater with you. There is something and someone greater with you even now than, than Jonah. And that is Christ himself. Well, this brings into picture the power of resurrection. Resurrection power. It also brings into picture the story of Jonah. And also we'll look at the story of Lazarus who Christ through resurrection power raised from the dead. Well, today we're going to look at the heart. We're going to look at the heart of the story of Jonah. 
And there, by looking at the story of Jonah and look at it in more depth, we are going to understand the, the greater significance and the greater power of the sign of Jonah. We pick up in Jonah chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. And I'll tell you more about the story that leads up to this in just a second. But this is the part of the story that most of you will be familiar with. Jonah chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. And the Lord, the Lord, appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Then you move into chapter 2. And beginning in verse 1 there, the scripture tells us. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord. And he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice. For you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point or to the place of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains, the earth with its bars or with its gates. And, and for those of you who are familiar with Jewish theology and the understanding of the afterlife, we, we, we hear the gates, the bars, the gates of death, the bars of death, the gates of Hades, of which Jesus said, that the gates of Hades would not prevail against his people, the church. Jonah says, the earth with its bars was around me forever. But you, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols for, forsake their faithfulness. But I will. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. And then notice what he says next. This is huge. This is a sign. This is a pointer. Even here in his prayer. Salvation is from the Lord. Do you think it's any coincidence that Jesus' name, Yeshua, means the Lord is salvation? Jonah, there in the pit of the fish, says salvation is from the Lord. Yeshua, Jesus, some pronounce it Yeshua. His name means the Lord is salvation. Verse 10. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. 
Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace to us. And Father, as we commit this time to you for the preaching of your word, Father, we sincerely and truly today, we want to see the sign fresh and new in our lives. The sign that points us to Jesus. And Father, if we miss the sign, we'll miss Jesus. And we don't want to miss him, Father. So Father, we teach your written word that we might know the living word, Jesus. We give you this time for your honor, for your glory. Please, Father, speak fresh and new to the lives of all of those who see this and are a part of this today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, apart from the testimony of the New Testament, and apart from the historical reliability of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, there stands out what Jesus called a sign, a sign that would point to him. This is a prophetic sign. It's really interesting that Jesus calls this, again, the sign of Jonah, and we could call it resurrection power. But when we bring the story of Jonah into view and into focus today, I want to remind you that the story of Jonah uh, by the prophet Jonah, written over 800 years ago. Eight centuries before, rather, eight centuries before the life and the time of Christ. Eight hundred years before the life and ministry of Jesus. This story, this writing of the prophet Jonah took place. We're also reminded in this that it's through these Hebrew scriptures, which Jesus knew, which the disciples knew, which all uh, faithful Jewish followers of God, the people of God knew. They had followed the Hebrew scriptures. They knew the Hebrew scriptures from, from their childhood. They had all grown up, just like many of our kids today, whether in Sunday school or Bible school, they've grown up with the story of Jonah. It's been said about the story of Jonah that it's either a tale of a whale or it's a whale of a tale. But they knew the story. And so when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I'm going to give you a sign, it's the sign of Jonah the prophet, immediately the story, this writing 800 years prior, would come to their hearts and it would come to their minds. We're reminded in this that the Old Testament scriptures were given as signs and pointers to Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus would even say in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 39, he said there, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. This is his way of saying you don't find salvation by way of the scriptures. But then notice what he said next. It is these. 
it is these that testify about me. These what? These scriptures, they testify about me. And that's where you find life. They are signs. They're pointers. And when you follow the sign, you will arrive at the intended destination. And philosophically, theologically, and practically, you will arrive at the intended conclusion. They testify about me, said Jesus. So when you start to think about the story of Jonah... And there is a, a much bigger picture that's unfolding than just the fact that a man named Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. By the way, there's nowhere in the scripture that, that identifies it as a whale per se, just a great fish. And I want you to keep the fish in mind. Because throughout the history of Christianity, fish have been meaningful as signs and as symbols. Jesus would perform miracles with loaves and fishes. And it's just interesting that a, the story of another fish before that miracle of Jesus is predominant in our history. So in your mind today, I want you to file in the back of your mind... An image, a sign, or a picture of a fish. But it's much bigger. This story is much bigger than a big fish. <laughs> Jonah was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. We would know him as a minor prophet in the scripture because of, of the place of his writing. But God had given to Jonah a very special ministry. Jonah was called by God to go to the capital city of Assyria and to go to that place. And by the way, the Assyrians, they didn't have a great reputation in the world. They were a ruthless people. Uh, it's been also said about the Assyrians that if a people group ever heard that the Assyrians was coming to take their land... Sometimes they would even commit mass suicide to avoid the torture of the wicked, ruthless Assyrians. They were Gentiles. And you and I, as students of the scripture, we know about the great divide between the Jews and the Gentiles. So for Jonah, an Israelite, to be called of God to go to the capital city of Assyria, Nineveh, and to preach repentance to them in other words God says I want you to go to this city and I want you to tell them that judgment is going to come godly divine consequences is going to fall upon their rebellion so go and tell them but tell them with the hope that they would repent and turn to me Jonah he didn't care much for the Assyrians. And he didn't care for the, the Ninevites. And he did not want to go because he did not want to see, unfortunately, the mercy of God fall upon his life. 
you can see there, even with Jonah, a great disconnect between his own spiritual condition without faith in God. A great disconnect of his own spiritual condition, of his own need for the grace and the mercy of God to come to his life. But all he could think of was the wickedness of the Ninevites. And, and he did not want the mercy of God, unfortunately, to fall upon them. So in the story, Jonah goes the opposite direction. He does not go to Nineveh. He goes the complete opposite direction. And he gets on a boat. And he's going to travel towards Spain to a place called Tarshish. So he gets on a boat to go toward Tarshish, the complete opposite direction of, of Nineveh where God asked him to go. Well, while he's on the boat, while he's on the boat, a storm happens on the Mediterranean Sea. And this storm was caused by God. God brings this upon the boat because Jonah is living in rebellion against the Lord. Well, while he's on the boat, the, the men, the men on the boat become greatly concerned. And, and they know that perhaps the gods are angry against them. And, and something has caused this great storm. And they are afraid for their lives. So they begin to search this out. And they're in the, in the bottom of the boat, they, there's Jonah. And Jonah basically comes forward and he tells them, This storm is because of me. And he tells them, he tells them, hey, throw me overboard. Now, now I want you to imagine this for a sec uh, just a second. Jonah, he's concerned about the men on the ship. And he's willing for his own life to be a sacrifice, if you will, for the lives of the men on this ship. So he says to them, throw me overboard and the sea will be calm. Their lives would be spared. Well, the men, initially, they did not want to throw Jonah overboard. So, so the story tells us that they began to row more vigorously against the storm. And the storm rages even more. And they see that they're not going to be able to make it to land. So the men, they, 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 they cry out. And they cry out to to, to, to Jonah, they, they asked Jonah, who is this? And who is this God? And Jonah basically tells them in the story, he tells them that the God I serve is the God who made the heaven and he made the earth. This is the one true God. And they are now fearful of, of this God. And so they cry out. And when they cry out, they basically say to God, please do not. Hold this man's blood against us. In other words, we tried. We tried to row out of this storm. But now, we only have one alternative. And don't hold this man's blood against us. This is between him and you. And they throw Jonah overboard. And then you see... What well, we read today where the story begins to pick up with Jonah and the fish. There are some powerful teaching points that we want to bring out today about the story 
and the sign of Jonah. Now we'll talk about how this story ends after Jonah is swallowed by the fish and and he is vomited up on dry land. Jonah then would go to the Ninevites. And he would go there, and the Scripture tells us that for, listen to this, for 40 days, Jonah would go through the city of Nineveh, and he would walk the streets of Nineveh, and he would preach repentance and the judgment of God to the Ninevites. 40 days. Isn't it interesting that after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, his time on this earth before his ascension would be for 40 days. Here's something else that's very interesting about this story. And one of the powerful parallels of this tremendous story. The Ninevites, led by their king, would repent. They would revere Jonah's God. And they would repent of their sinfulness and their wickedness. And they would turn And they would worship God as a result of the preaching of Jonah's message. But yet Jonah was not happy. He was angry because of the Ninevites' repentance as they turned to the Lord. And there was a rebellion in the heart of Jonah. And the story of Jonah wouldn't end at this point. It would not end very positively at all. And isn't it just interesting that after the resurrection of Jesus, when Jesus was on this earth for 40 days... Many, many Gentiles, upon hearing the gospel of Christ, the attestation of his resurrection, that after 40 days of walking on this earth, verifying his resurrection, Jesus would ascend, and then what would happen? Many Gentiles would come to faith in Christ. And isn't it interesting That even after seeing many Gentiles come to faith in Christ. That the Jewish leadership. Would still be angry. And indignant. Toward these people. You see the parallels of the story of Jonah. The sign of Jonah. Is much bigger than just a man. Being raised. From a fish. The parallel. Of Jewish and Gentile divide. The parallel of of this resistance of the Gentile people. The parallel of, listen to this, a man who is willing to be sacrificed for the lives of others. The parallel of of a resurrection. The parallel of a proclamation of hope. And a proclamation of repentance. And a parallel of people saying yes and turning to God. And a parallel... Of people who were still angry and indignant of that turn toward God. The sign of Jonah is so much bigger than just the story of a man and a fish. It truly parallels the early Christian movement and the whole story Of God's redemptive plan for humanity as it unfolded around the resurrection of Christ. But many people, when it comes to the story of Jonah, 
They say it is only, it is only a, a, an allegory. It's a story that is made up to point to Christ. Many people have struggled with the, the, the veracity, the plausibility of this story of what really happened with Jonah. Many people have concluded that it is not, it is not a, a tale of a whale of a big fish. They have said it is a whale of a tale. It is an allegory. You, this, is, this, is, this is incredible, really, because a couple of weeks ago, when we began to preach this message series, I preached the first message on Mother's Day. And that afternoon, I got a text message from a lady in our church. And she said, Brother Allen, I don't know how this happens, but, but this is like the perfect Mother's Day message. And I'm like, you know, as a preacher, you know, how many times are you going to preach, you know, about Jonah and, and the big fish on Mother's Day? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why would she think that this is a, a great Mother's Day message? And this is what she said. She said, my mother is an atheist. And in our many conversations that we have had about Scripture, my mother's biggest hang-up about Scripture would come back to the story of Jonah and the big fish. She said to me, Brother Allen, for me, on Mother's Day, that was the perfect message because it brings back to, to me this point of contention that I've had with my mother who's an atheist. So the story of Jonah, is it allegory? Or is it history? Is it allegory? Or is it history? Well, from a purely Christian perspective, if you say that it's allegory, from a purely Christian perspective, there is nowhere in the Bible that says, believe upon the sign of Jonah or believe upon the story of Jonah and the fish and you shall be saved. We want to be very clear from a Christian perspective. It is faith in Christ and faith in Christ alone. So if a believer looks at this story and they think from a literary perspective, purely from a literary perspective, they think it's allegory. And yet the allegory points to the resurrection of Christ. It's the sign that points to the thing you're supposed to embrace. The, the, the heart of this is not to land with Jonah and the fish. Or to land with Jonah upon the, the shore. The, the heart of this message is to land at the person of Christ. And if you land at the person of Christ. And believe in his resurrection. That's where your salvation lies. So from purely a literary standpoint. If you think it's allegory. You can still be a Christian. How faith in Christ. You received the sign. But, but, but. If you think it's allegory. Because you don't believe in the possibility of a miracle. 
If you think it's allegory because you don't believe in the possibility of a miracle. Then let's back up a step. If you believe, if you're a person who believes that God actually exists. Then you have to believe that miracles are possible. If you believe that God actually exists. Then you can believe that a miracle is possible. And if you believe that a miracle is possible because you believe that God actually exists. Then you can believe that anything can happen. And anything can happen once. There's no reason in the biblical text itself to conclude that this story is allegory and not actual history. Because we're talking about real people. A real person named Jonah. We're talking about real sea ports that are known historically and archaeologically. We're talking about a real sea. The Mediterranean to sea, Mediterranean sea, you can go to that place even today. And we're talking about a place called Nineveh. A place that has been discovered by archaeologists. And we're also talking about a fish. The scripture doesn't say whale. The scripture simply says fish. A great fish. A big fish. It just happens to be that in the Mediterranean Sea, there exists a fish called the basking shark. If you ever see a picture of a basking shark... It has a mouth that is very large, and its mouth actually looks like a basket. At adult size, a basking shark can literally swallow a Volkswagen. There is no challenge in thinking that there is a fish big enough that could swallow a man. There's no reason from the biblical text to conclude that this is purely allegory and it's not actual history. Because if God exists, then there's the possibility of a miracle and anything can happen. This is a sign, the sign of Jonah that points to resurrection power, that points to the fact that if there is a God, then anything can happen. And anything can happen in your life. And anything can happen in my life. We're talking about the same God. It points to the same Christ who gives to us the same Holy Spirit. Do any of you need a miracle today? Do any of you need resurrection power in your life? Do any of your marriages need a resurrection? Do any of your, of your, fa your family life, your, your job, your vocation, your career, even from a health standpoint of recovery and hope, do any of you need the resurrection power of God in your life? 
If God exists, then anything can happen. And anything can happen once. And the sign of Jonah, we're not talking about people living in the belly of fish for days and this happening throughout history. We're just talking about it happening one time. For a prophetic purpose of pointing people to a Savior who would come. It's prophetic. And there's no reason to say it's not real. But if you believe in God and you believe in miracles and you just think from a literary standpoint, it's allegory, you can still embrace Christ and you can still embrace the possibility of a miracle. But if you say no, because a miracle like this can't happen, then you're missing the sign. And you might be missing the change that's needed in your life. You might be missing the power to change your life and to redeem your soul and to give you hope and a promise of a better tomorrow. Boy, as we move in this story, and we'll pick up next week, the next big teaching point of this story has to do with, with what actually happened when Jonah was thrown overboard. And there's a time lapse in the story. It goes from the end of chapter 1 right to chapter 2. And then the next thing you know, after he's thrown overboard, after he says to them, I will give my life for you guys. Throw me overboard. There's a gap there. And then the next thing you know, after the fish swallows him, he starts praying to God. But when you follow closely, and we'll look at this next week, as he prays, he's telling God about another prayer that he had previously prayed. Where did that prayer come from? What was going on with Jonah when he prayed that prayer? Where was Jonah when he said, God help me. It leads to this next point. Are we talking about a symbolic resurrection? Or are we talking about a real resurrection? Perhaps this is the part of the story that you've never been taught. The part of the story that hadn't been explained. The part of the story that perhaps even VeggieTales doesn't go into depth about. The part of the story that really makes it the sign of Jonah. Resurrection power. Is it just a metaphor? Or was it real? Do you need real resurrection power in your life today? Not just metaphorical resurrection power, but real resurrection power. Is there something in your life that the fresh wind of God needs to blow over and give life to? Is there something about your soul 
that is as dark as the pit of Sheol without the light of Christ. Is there something about your your relationships, your work, your personal life, your thought life? Do you need real resurrection power? We're talking about a real God and a real Savior and a real Holy Spirit. Why don't you meet Him today? Our prayer counselors are available. If you need somebody to pray with you, a number is going to pop up. You can call them, talk to them, reach out to them. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I wish we had another hour. I can't wait to dive into the pit of the fish to find out what really happened there. So please come back and join us next week as we continue preaching through the sign. And oh, how we hope and pray that you see the sign. Cody's going to lead us out in song and then in prayer. God bless you. Hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.